Another trade deadline has come and gone in Major League Baseball, and both sides of Chicago were expecting a little bit more to happen today. Uh, leading up to, to the trade. And nothing really took place. So we're here to talk about um, some of the moves that, that the Cubs and Sox have made. And, you know, it's, it's going to be another one, I think, with a little bit of negativity, at least from my perspective, the White Sox perspective. Um, Tyler, I don't know if you kind of have the same thoughts, but uh, another trade deadline passed. What, what's your initial reaction here? Wow, my initial reaction is, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, I. Uh, it seems like all this season, dude. We were at least from a Cubs perspective. I'm gonna I'm speak from the North Side perspective, and I'm excited to hear the South Side perspective. But coming from the Cubs, um, all season we've been ramping up to this trade deadline and how the Cubs. Like last year when they traded Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, all these core pieces. Kimbrel wasn't a core piece, but we traded him anyways. Um, yeah. Like all these core, all these core pieces uh, that we traded last year and got got decent return on. Same things happening this year. Although Jed Hoyer refuses to call it a rebuild, it's just whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, so all this season we've been building up to this very moment, and we finally get to the moment. I'm glued to my Twitter. Don't tell my boss. <laughs> um, around noon, I'm wait. I'm I'm just double checking, refreshing every five minutes. Every five minutes. Next thing I know, it's four o'clock, four fifteen, and I'm like, still no. We had minor moves with David Robertson. We had minor moves, um, at the tail end of the deadline with Michael Givens. But other than that, eventually four fifty eight, four fifty nine hits, and then the deadline passes, and Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ are still a Cub. So, I am, I'm optimistic, and here's why. Okay, I might, I might. I'm going to take a different direction than most Cubs fans right now. I know a lot of Cubs fans are happy Wilson Contreras is back, and I know a lot of Cubs fans are not happy. They wanted some type of flip, some type of prospects gained. I'm happy, and here's why. Uh, let me start with Wilson Contreras, if that's okay. Wilson Contreras uh, is 30 years old. Uh, he's a three-time All-Star, and when I look at Wilson Contreras, I look at him more as a leader uh, to help kind of build and young Cubs team. Um, I think in every clubhouse, you need some type of veteran presence. I think Wilson brings that. I think he's been a great leader. Uh, you've seen the impact he's had on guys like Christopher Morrell, uh, who's come up in the system this year. Um, guys, yeah, just different different youngsters that I can see coming up to the system. I think Wilson would be a great leader for them. And in my opinion, Jimmy, like if you look at the Cubs system, I don't see any prospects really that are going to make an impact for the next three, four years down the road. And if the Cubs are really looking to be competitive in the next three to four years down the road, which they have said they are, they're looking, they, they signed Seiya Suzuki to a five-year deal. And they said, this Seiya Suzuki is going to be a part of the next great Cubs team. So that tells me they're looking to be competitive in the near future. Resign Wilson Gutierrez. Why not put him in the backstop? That's my opinion. So I hope uh, that the trade deadline passing is a signifier that the Cubs are going to work on an extension with Contreras. Um, and, to be the leader of the next great Cubs team. Uh, now going to Ian Happ. Ian Happ, that wasn't as much of a but it didn't come as a big shock to me because he's got another year of control on him. I don't know if he's going to be the next – I don't know if he's going to stay at left field for the next five years of the Cubs, but it made sense that if they didn't get the value um, that they were looking for, then why why trade him for low value if you can ha have him for another year – try to flip him at the next deadline. That's what I see Ian Happ's future as of right now. I would love to see him long-term. I do love Ian Happ, but uh, 
I don't know. We have a lot. Thoughts, early thoughts, and I have much more thoughts, but that's that's just my initial thoughts on how this deadline started and how I feel about it. I feel good about Wilson, um, but I am fascinated to see what the next steps are, and I have a few more uh, thoughts on that soon. But, Jimmy, what's the Southsiders perspective? What, what's the other side of town thinking right now? Well, the initial kind of something that's become all too natural, unfortunately, Um for this White Sox team and more specifically the front office, because, you know, you get these, you get these rumors swirling around, you know, like just going back to last off season and, you know, it says the White Sox are, are in the running for a, you know, a top line starter. And then they're in the running for a, a top second baseman. And it, it, none of it ever seems to come to fruition. And I was kind of just more of the same um, this afternoon. I mean, I was kind of in the same boat as you and, you know, it was a less productive productive day at work today because I just kept going on on Twitter and you know ESPN app and and doing all these you know up you know refreshing and looking for updates and just as the minutes ticked off the clock, just nothing was nothing was happening um, as far as moves on the White Sox end. And you know, you you look at a guy like Juan Soto who got traded today, and you know when you're there were so many tweets that said this today is that the San Diego Padres are operating in the way that we all kind of expected the White Sox to start operating is, you know, you're in the middle of your, of your window of, you know, perennial world series contention, you would want to say, which I know there's some questions as to if the White Sox are actually in that, in that tier. And it just seems like time after time, we're trying to acquire this, the the needs that are on this team. And it just, the front office is, I don't know if they're too scared to make, you know, to pull the trigger or they don't have the authority from up top to be able to make these moves or what's going on. But, you know the same holes that were the the cause of our demise last season in the in the playoffs is they're the same holes that they are now and it's just frustrating that you know we as fans are so it's so apparent to us what's wrong and the front office just refuses to address it or they're putting guys they're just plugging guys into the lineup that don't that aren't in the right spot and they're not set up to succeed and you know i know that there's there was rumors going around that the White Sox were in on Juan Soto and they're in on Shohei Otani and stuff like that, who, you know, was probably never getting traded anyway. But, you know, you could make such a good team just on the guys that the White Sox had a seat at the table on, which is, you know, ask any any White Sox fans on Twitter about that. And it's just going to be meme after meme after meme of of the front office. And, um, you, you know, guys like Bryce Harper, man, Wheeler, and now Juan Soto, Shohei Otani, stuff like that. And, it just it never seems to work out to be able to to fill the needs of this team. And, you know, I would call it a a failed trade deadline because you look at some of the moves that the Minnesota Twins made today, not that they're anything to really, you know, lock them into a playoff spot for, but they made moves to make themselves stronger while the White Sox didn't do anything. So it was just a missed opportunity again for for Rick Hahn and company and something that is just becoming very it's uniting White Sox fans in frustration. That's that's yeah, kind of the, the main takeaway I had from from today. Yeah, I did kind of feel like you know if the White Sox even just got a bag of chips at the deadline, it would have been a little more successful than what happened. I, I do feel bad for the White Sox fans. Um, genuinely, I mean, it's like it's t- it's tough. 
because you got a contending team, in my opinion. Uh, and this is hard coming from a Cubs fan, but you have a the, contending core. You have a you have a young up and coming, not even up and coming. They're here. They're they they're are ready. Yeah. They're ready to contend. And I feel like the front office, yeah, they kind of failed today a little bit for them. I mean, it, it was interesting to hear. I saw an interesting tweet from from Jesse uh, Rogers. Uh, and he was talking about both the GMs, Rick Hahn and Jed Hoyer. And he said, you know, he had quotes from both of them. Rick Hahn saying the market overall was favorable to the sellers. And Jed Hoyer saying the buyers weren't motivated. And I thought that was so interesting that both GMs had different res- perspectives because they're both buyers and sellers. But I definitely think the Rick Hahn should have been, yeah, should have been a little more aggressive. But I don't know if he was holding on to his pr- top two prospects. Like maybe he didn't want a repeat of Tatis. That he didn't want to go in and like, you know, throw Oscar Colas out there, his number one prospect, to go get something because maybe it goes and backfires on him. And that next thing you know, we're watching Colas, you know, be shortstop over there for the next 10 years. I don't know. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, maybe, maybe yeah. that's was in the back of his mind. Maybe he's got a little PT. I don't know. But I do think if you're going to go on on a core at some time, it was this time. Now, maybe he was – Maybe I mean, I don't know. Maybe he was a little nervous because the Sox, you know, so far this season haven't performed up to par. But, like, look at look at the August the Sox are about to have. Like, I know they've kind of gotten off to a rough start, but, like, you're going to see the Royals. You're going to see the Tigers. You're, you, have, you have a very good-looking August where I think the Sox can make a run. I know people have been saying it all, you know, all of May, all of June, all of July. The Sox are going to make a run. Yeah. I genuinely believe the Sox are going to make a run in August. Yeah. Um, they, they have the schedule to do it. So I think you could have gone all in, could have gave yourself a nice little cushion in the division. And then next thing you know, your morale's boosting up. Guys are performing up to par and you're on, you just need to be on the upswing going into the postseason. That's what, right. that's all baseball is. You don't, you don't, you can have a terrible first half, a terrible three quarters, but look at the Atlanta Braves as a lot, like, you know, last year, like, they were just hot going into the postseason on the upswing, and they rode that all the way to World Series. So, I mean, it doesn't matter. So, if you're going to go all in on a core, baseball's funky like that. Yeah. Now is the time to go in on a core uh, for the White Sox. I do feel bad. I wouldn't count them out. I wouldn't count them out by any means. But it's just, it's you don't want to sit on your hands uh, right. on this deadline. Yeah, and you know, I I still for as you know hard to watch as the season has been, like I be surprised if the White Sox did win the Central Division again but and this is where I I in a weird way kind of see where maybe the you know the the idea of the front office kind of you just it's feeling like you can pencil in a Yankees versus yes and maybe the front office sees that and they say underperforming all year it's now the beginning of August. We're still saying the same things we were saying four months ago when the season began. Um, maybe this year isn't the year to go all in um, because, you know, those teams in the American League outside of the Central look pretty look pretty intimidating right now and formidable. And But at the same time, you know, prospects during a time like this, you know, where you went through your, your extended rebuild of you know, four years of losing and to be sold at this time to be able to get to the promised land, which we were promised we would get to, you know, 2015, 2016, when this new era, quote of White Sox baseball began. And, you know, it's, it, it's, it's weird like that. Um, you know, overall, it, it seems like the White Sox could have done more to your point to give themselves a shot. You know, once you get into the playoffs, it's anybody's ball game, literally. And, um, mm-hmm. 
you know, it just seems like, you know, maybe we will get hot and, you know, two months of the season is enough time to make up three games of the division, which was sucks sit, you know, coming into, you know, August 2nd. But um, I think the twins were able to move their needle more towards the AL central crown than, than the white Sox did, which is, is disappointing because it seems like the white Sox should be running away with the division because in, in my opinion, they're still the most talented team, but um, you know, baseball and that every season is different. So we'll see, we'll see where it goes, but mm-hmm. I want to switch the conversation back to the Cubs for a second, Tyler, because, you know, like you said, we were all kind of expecting, uh, if not the Ian Happ trade, uh, Wilson Contreras to be, you know, to be leaving town because he, you know, that caught uh, on camera between <laughs> him and him and Ian Happ and, you know, the Wilson Contreras then deleted all of his Cubs themed posts from social media, which is usually in this day and age, what players do when they know they're about to leave town and everything was kind of, you know, the Cubs faithful gave him a standing ovation in his last game at Wrigley. And, you know, it was pretty much a lock that he was going to be gone. And now that he's not, I think it'll be a complete mishandling of the situation if the Cubs don't keep Wilson Contreras. And I know this is kind of what you were hitting on earlier, but I mean, if you're going to, if you're set on losing him, you got to get something back for him. So now, in my opinion, looking across town, it's kind of extension or bust for Wilson Contreras. Absolutely. You hit it on the head. The, the theory right now is, that Jed's gonna Jed Hoyer is gonna extend the qualifying offer to Wilson Contreras, and when he leaves eventually, or if he doesn't take the qualifying offer, then they'll be compensated uh, with the comp- compensatory first round pick, I believe, or no, end yep. of the second round, I think, or end of the first or second round pick, which I think is stupid. Um, I think that's that's a dumb move, and that's a very insulting move uh, to end in a sour note to end Wilson Contreras's tenure, if that's the case. So. I think the only move and the only move moving forward is re-signing Wilson Contreras to an extension. Because um, if you really stood pat, like I, I, here's what's one thing. I admired Jed Hoyer for standing pat at his asking price. I don't know what his asking price was, but apparently it was steeper than what the Mets were willing to pay, than what the Rays were willing to pay, than what the Padres were willing to pay after the Soto trade. Although I think after the Soto trade, they were out. I also heard the Cardinals were kind of in on Contreras, which at that point... I would have threw up like that would have been terrible <laughs> him in a Cardinals uniform. But um, I do admire Jed Hoyer for standing pat on his asking price for Wilson Contreras. That being said, now that you did, now that you didn't get anything, time to commit, dude. Time time to call your – they called your bluff. Now time to go in and re-sign Wilson Contreras because, um, like I said, I really don't see – I love the Cubs system. I really do right now. The farm system is looking a lot better. Um, especially after this, you know, Scotty Efros trade, which I'll hit on in a second, you know, Hayden Wisniewski looks really good. Uh, this Ben Brown kid from the Phillies, I don't know much about him, but he's apparently he's got middle of the rotation stuff, possibly a late, a late inning reliever, maybe in the future. Um, but there's really not a catcher in the system that I can say, okay, in the next two to three years, they're going to be a stud backstop for the Chicago Cubs. Like, yeah, I, I'm Miguel Amaya. He's, he's been okay, but he's kind of had a down year in my opinion, uh, in double A Tennessee, um, you got guys like Pablo Aliando, uh, who I haven't really followed. I'll be honest with you. And there's one guy I liked actually, Moises, but ba- yeah, I can't, I can't pronounce his name. Mois- Moises Ballesteros, uh, he's in single a, uh, in Myrtle beach right now. And he, uh, he's doing pretty good there too, but he's not expected to be here until 2025. So I, uh, I would sign Wilson Contreras as your long-term catcher. And honestly, with the addition of the designated hitter in the national league, it right. extends Wilson Contreras' future 
way beyond catching. And I think that's, I think that adds value to him and it adds value to all these kind of old catchers that are kind of sitting back there. Like he's got a future beyond catching behind the plate. Uh, so th- that's why I think you can commit money to Wilson Contreras. Cause I don't think his bat's going anywhere. His bat will be just fine going for the next five years. So yeah, I, uh, I would definitely look into extending him and kind of making him the leader of the next Cubs team. After that though, we could talk off season later, but Man, I'm excited. I'm I'm very interested to see what this Cubs offseason is going to look like because they've been talking like, oh, this isn't a rebuild. This isn't a rebuild. But you know what? We're 41 and 60 right now, like as of this moment recording today. And probably going to be 41 and 61 after the Cardinals give it to us. So, like, <laughs> if it's not a rebuild, then what the heck is it? Like, are you, are you going to go on and all in on competing? Well, then you better have a heck of an offseason because <laughs> right. this Cubs team as currently constructed right now is not um, – anywhere near contending for the playoffs or for the division. So, um, yeah, that's where I stand on Wilson Contreras. I think they definitely got to resign him in the offseason. They definitely got to look into possibly either flipping Ian Happ or looking into a future with them. But, I mean, just decisions have to be made, in my opinion. That's for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I agree. And, I mean, you look at – you can kind of mirror, I guess, um, across town because, you know, when the White Sox – signed as Monty Grandal uh, in the 2019 offseason. He was coming over. I believe he was 30 or 31 at, at the time of his signing. And, you know, he had a great 2020 season, great 2021 season. Unfortunately, it, he just hasn't found his swing this year. And, he, you know, he's had some injury issues that he's had to work through. And that's becoming a little bit more apparent, you know, as we get, you know, last season, he had the same thing this season. He's dealing through it again. So maybe that's him, just the catcher, you know, kind of going through the late stages of his career. But, I don't see that happening to Wilson Contreras. I see him being very consistent as he has been for the next however many years. And, you know, yep. I we've talked about it a million times on here, but, you know, if the Cubs, if they don't keep him, like, I, there's just, there really is no direction because, you know, they need to keep him. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but Hayward's contract is off the books after this season. He's got so, one more. He's one got more, one more year. One more after yeah. season? Uh, yep, he does. I, I looked it up the other day, and I'm very disappointed. Oh, man, that's so, tough. But that's, t- you know, that's tough money to keep on the books. <laughs> yeah, tough money to keep on the books, but that'll be coming off eventually, and that would be you know around the beginning of the Contreras extension kicking. I mean, you'll there here in the future, and you know you're supposed to build from the middle out. You know, you got your catcher, your shortstop, your second baseman. Um, your center fielder and the Cubs have a couple of those positions already should they keep Contreras so I don't see any any sort of sense in letting him go and I honestly think I wouldn't be afraid to say that if they if he does leave the Cubs that would be probably the worst handled yes um, move I would say including Bryant Rizzo and Baez and you know that whole core group that won here some sense attached to it last season and you know if you're looking towards the future, as Jed Hoyer has said they are, I think, you know, now it's evident that Wilson Contreras needs to be a part of it. So we'll see if, where it goes. If they yeah, if they let Wilson Contreras go and just, just to get their, like, you know, draft pick at the end of the first round, that is, in my opinion, a fireball offense. Like, that is just awful, awful yeah. handling of a free agent situation. Like, if you're if that's really was your end goal, then you, you should have traded him at the deadline. I don't care what you would have got for him. Like, Jed Hoyer spoke today about, oh, you know what, we just – you don't want to get prospects just for the sake of prospects. You want to get guys that you like, which I, I understand that. I get that. But if your plan is to really let him go and to just get a draft pick, that's 
that's a horrible handling of the situation. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. I'm excited to watch the offseason. It's gonna be an interesting offseason on both sides of town. Cause uh, it is. and maybe yeah. maybe we should focus on the rest of the season. I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm already yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, for the White Sox, it's just that you know before we even get into some of the rest of the season it if this i it, it's it's going to be interesting how it plays out because if the white Sox, you know fall short of their goal this season which is a world championship there's going to be some major changes coming to the white Sox, and i think that you know that has become now more likely with the failure to add to the team that you are hoping is going to be able to, to come on top over the course of the next division but mm-hmm. i guess we'll see um yeah, so you mentioned the the Efros trade going to yeah. um, the Yankees, and obviously, if the Yankees are in on any player these days, it seems like he's going to be good. You know, quite a haul that they had themselves um, over the past couple of days. You know, mm-hmm. bringing in Montas um, and company, um, and I think they get they get Benintendi as well, um, and you know, a couple other couple other guys as well. So Efros trade like it i mean it, it wasn't gonna it it, it it wasn't unlikely that the cubs are gonna move some relievers like him but i mean like you said they, they seem to be able to get some some back for him yeah so like my first reaction to the trade was like i was upset because i really like scott efros like i really liked him um eight year old rookie so he's kind of a late bloomer but he's making an impact and he was like very meaningful impact and he still got five years of control so like i was like that's a big move to make but or like a just interesting move to make but the Cubs are already looking ahead to 2023. And if you look at the 2023, this free agency pitching class in particular, I think they really had their eyes set on Joe Musgrove, uh, the Padres, and he just signed an extension with San Diego. So I think that kind of, I think this is kind of a move in response to kind of that a little bit where yeah. even with Wisniewski's like, you know, his ETA is like 2022. He could be up this year, could be up next year, but I think next year he'll be competing for like a middle of rotation spot, which I think Cubs right now are just kind of looking to fill spots in rotation next year. So you got a guy like Hayden Wisniewski, you got a guy like Caleb Killian that can compete next year for a starting spot. And then you guys, you got guys that'll come up later in the year, like DJ hers. Um, you got even who knows when this Ben Brown guy is going to come up in 2024's ETA right now it might be earlier. So I think they're kind of looking at just pitching right now. That's if there's one thing I, I've seen the Cubs go all in on it's pitching They they had nine of their first 10 draft picks, uh, be pitchers. They had obviously all this deadline. All they did was, you know, trade old relief pitchers for young up and coming arms. So I think the Cubs just have a real certain eye just to kind of develop in-house pitching, which is something you haven't seen from the Cubs in recent years. Yeah. You saw guys like, you know, Kyle Hendricks, John Lester, like just guys that you either traded for or that you signed. Um, I, I was going to say Jose Quintana, but I, I shouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no. So I think that that's kind of the Cubs' response is they just want to kind of pound home the pitch in a little bit and uh, kind of looked at the 2023 rotation. And I'm excited for that. I think that's a good, I think that's a good move. I look at this cup system. I'm very excited for what the future holds. I hope Brennan Davis recovers in, in, in the near future. I love Pete Crow Armstrong. I'm on the full bandwagon for him and just, yeah, I, I like the rest of the, how the system's shaking out. So they got, yeah, I think that would, that's my breakdown of the Scott effort for us trade is I think it's just a response to kind of fill a rotation spot in the near future with a young arm. He's 24 years old, let him develop a little bit. And next thing you know, yeah, next thing you know, we got a middle of the rotation guy. The one, one, the, the one uh, weakness I would say is in the Cubs 
not just rotation now, but in their system right now is uh, they definitely don't have any guys that can project as like a high end starter, like a high end ace Scott mm-hmm. type of guy. So that's why they kind of have their eyes glued to Joe Musgrove, but we'll see what they do in the future. But yeah, that's my breakdown of uh, Scotty F. Ross. It's, it was i uh, I'll miss him. He was definitely a legend, but he was a 28 year old late bloomer <laughs> that, you know what you had to sell high on. Cause who knows what his future looks like either. So I'm not, I'm not doubting him, but yeah. Yeah. Wish him the best of luck. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be able to, you know, the Yankees always find their way to, to plug guys into their right roles. And I'm glad you kind of brought up Jose Quintana because apparently the White Sox were in on him as well because he would have helped round out, I guess, the rotation. The, the White Sox rotation, actually, they've had their struggles. But since, um, I don't know, I think the beginning of June, I want to say, they have, you know, the top third uh, in best ERA in the American league. So it's like, it's, it hasn't really been the pitching that's let them down, but you know, you see what Michael Kopech um, is having to go through. Not in the sense that he's going through anything um, serious and he had a really good start start last night, but he, this is his first year as a major league baseball starter, to be honest with you. So is he going to have sort of the Carlos Rodon thing where, um, you know, towards the end of the season, his velocity goes down and he just, he, he's tired out. He's got fatigue because he hasn't mm-hmm. been there before. And I think getting Jose Quintana back would have kind of helped aid Kopech as we hopefully head into the playoffs. And the White Sox had their match the offer for Jose Quintana and they just didn't. So it, it, it's even moves like that. It's not even guys that are your stars, like your Juan Soto's or anything like that, but it's, it's guys that can just help you in a minor way. And the White Sox just don't, those deals either and yeah Quintana would not have to be relied on you know to be the numbers two two starter behind Chris Sale like he was when he left the White Sox but you know you can plug him in when he needs a spot start or you know to give a guy if some guy goes down with injury in couple months like he'd be perfect for that and you know it's just it's just it's tough to, it's tough to have to go through this over and over again as White Sox fans you know it is, yeah, it's 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 tough, but I mean, let me let me let me ask you this, Jimmy, and let's yeah. follow up kind of on the rest of the season. What's what's the rest of the season outlook for you? Where do you, where do you see right now as you stand today, as August second, as we're recording this? Where do you see the Sox end a season? Where are they at? How do they project out? Well, to be honest, right now, I I think they can win the division, but I don't think they're going to right now. To be quite honest with you, because you know, I've already mentioned the moves that the Twins have made, but just against the American League Central in general, the White Sox have not been good. You know, coming into tonight's game against the Royals, which they're up right now, um, they were under 500 against the Royals. Um, they're around 500, maybe a little bit below against Minnesota. They're below 500 against Cleveland. Like, you need to win division to be able to win your division. And that's what the White Sox kind of rode through last season is they were kind of a buzzsaw to – the rest of the teams in the American League Central, and it just has not that has not taken form this season at all. So, like you mentioned, they have lots of division games coming up against the bottom tier teams, like you know the Royals and the Tigers, and you know we go to play the Rangers um, and coming up, and it's like we need to win these games. Like you need to go on a stretch where you're seven and one, or you know six and two, you know anything like that will just kind of help cement a run. But without without improved play against the American League Central, the White Sox aren't winning the division. And <laughs> to win the division, along with beating up on the lesser teams um, like your uh, like your Kansas Cities and like your Detroit's, 
you need to get the production out and you look at some of the stats of guys that you invested in long be that young core the ball out of the ballpark like he's doing all the things to be successful and then this year um you know he's hitting i want to say below 200 his slugging percentage is down he has two home runs in the season all of his hits are singles and he doesn't score because he's one of the slowest baseball players i've ever seen so <laughs> i'm looking at guys like him specifically i'm looking at yohan Mankata, who has played pretty well or so but he's hitting 200 and you know, the power numbers haven't returned like we were all hoping they would since the 2019 season. This guy, this is a guy that was the number one baseball when you traded for him. It's Chris Sale. I mean, you've got to get a haul back for Chris and Jan Mankata, who is still a, a good player. Well, like you need to get him up into, you know, the 270, 280 range. He needs to be hitting 25 home runs a year. He needs to be driving guys in for where he is in the lineup. You know, you're not really ever worried about his glove, but mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't care about the defense right now because it just hasn't gotten better to the point where you would hope it would be throughout the season. So you need to be able to wake up the bats. Um, Aloy Jimenez needs to stay healthy and he needs to keep, you know, playing well, which he has been, um, especially tonight. He's three for three with, you know, three RBIs or so. And uh, so far, and you just, you need like guys like that to step up um, because this core of Grendahl, Jimenez, Luis Roberts, Jan Mankata, you know, Tim Anderson is always going to, you know, hit over 300, but he has not been good defensively for the most part this season. He has been in a little bit of a Tim Anderson kind of rut, which, you know, for most guys is pretty good, but you need him to be productive at the top of the lineup. Andrew Vaughn has been in a little bit of a slump recently. Jose Abreu has been great, but that's not really a surprise. Um, and you just, you want to see the effort out of these guys. That's one thing that has been questioned this entire season is that, you know, you look when we play other teams in the division, like Minnesota and like Cleveland, they're hustling every plate. They're taking the extra base, which the Sox are giving them. And the White Sox just don't do that. And they're just not a fundamentally. And these are all, it's just so many things that you need to fix in such a short amount of time. Just long story short, I don't see happening, which is really unfortunate. Now, the silver lining to that is, I don't think that, you know, this this season, if it keeps in this you know mediocre sense, or you're just you're playing you're playing with 500 baseball the rest of the way out, like I don't think that's the end for this team. You know, there's been a lot of light, a lot of White Sox fans jumping ship, um, especially after the lack of of movement today on Rick Hans, Rick Hans part by saying you know maybe the highlight of this rebuild was Game Three against uh, Houston in the playoffs last year, and it's like I I wouldn't get to that point yet because. You know, you look at the ages of some of these guys, uh, like Luis Robert and Aloy Jimenez. Tim Anderson is approaching 30, um, but, you know, he's still got a good, lot of good baseball left in him. Um, like, you have young guys, Dylan Cease, um, you know, these guys that are signed and young and are going to be able to continue to contribute and get better. Those are the guys that are going to be on this team, you know, till close to 2030 and you would hope so it's like Mm -hmm. this isn't the end for this team regardless but i that's that is my kind of positive takeaway from all the negativity that's been this baseball season it's been a super super hard season to watch because it's you i mean i predicted this team to win 98 games this year 
back in our, our season preview yep. earlier this season. Now, may, that was probably too much to begin with, but you'd think after coming off 93 wins last season and, you know, guys are getting more experienced and playing meaningful baseball, you would think that they'd be able to take that next step um, even after losing Carlos Rodon, but it just hasn't manifested. And if the Sox can get to 87 wins this season, I would consider that a success. Um, but, I mean, it's just it's it's tough because you know you come into a a, a a season where you're expected to win the division expected to take that next step in the playoffs and now you're really questioning and kind of doubting that they're even going to be able to get to the playoffs so um that take away for the rest of the season i'm not positive about it but i'm really hoping it will change and you know to flip that question on to you we know the cubs aren't making the playoffs this season but what would you like to see out of them, you know, as we in the final 60 games or so for for the remaining remaining schedule? Yeah, for the Cubs, I would say I, I just want to see development. I want to see I want to see some of these youngsters come up uh, from triple A, from double A. We're not going to see the big names like we may see Brennan Davis's recovery is going well. Uh, but there's the guys that we really want to see that all the Cubs fans really want to see. We want to see Pete Crow Armstrong. We want to see, obviously, uh, you know, DJ Hers, Owen Cassie. Like a lot of these guys, we want to see. We're not going to see them for a few years. So I just kind of want to see how uh, some of these other AAA guys and, and just see what we have in them. You know what I mean? That these, mm-hmm. these lower AAA guys that are lower ranked, not even in our top 30. Let's pull them up and see what we got in them. If we got nothing in them, then we let them loose. You know, like uh, that, that's kind of want to see the rest of the season. Kind of going back on what you're saying about the Sox, you know, it's hard for us Chicago fans, um, and I'm not even just saying Cubs and Sox. I'm just saying in general, it's hard for us Chicago fans because we are we have it ingrained in us to be pessimistic and negative towards our franchises because yeah. <laughs> they've given us no reason to trust them. Um, but like, I, I like the positive outlook that you took away on the Sox, and you know what, you, you just got to keep that positive outlook going forward. You got to you got to have some trust, and I. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I got a positive outlook on the rest of the season for the Cubs. I'm not looking for the Cubs to win, you know, 60 games, 60, 69 games, 73 games, whatever, which I think I predicted 77 wins or 78 wins. And people in my own family gave me crap for that. They're like, come yeah. on, 77 wins? Like, come on, the Cubs are going to get more. Like, no, that's that's what I thought. And, man, they're, they're going to be worse than that. So, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, just having a positive outlook on the rest of the season. I want to see development from some of these youngsters. I want to see what we got in the in the farm system down below, uh, even the guys outside our top 30 prospects. Who Who's here to stay? Who's here to go? Uh, let's start eliminating names. And I want to see improvement still. I want to see improvement from Christopher Morrell. I want to see growth from Seiya Suzuki. Uh, actually, I've seen growth from, from Seiya uh, within the past few weeks. Um, he's finally not watching strike three down the middle like he was at the beginning of the season. Um, he's actually swinging, swinging, having good patience at the plate. Um, and, yeah, I just I just want to see development. That's my biggest thing with the Cubs. I want to see development. I want to see some type of plan and what is the vision. Are we just kind of BSing our way through it until we figure it out? Or have a plan? And actually be more competitive for 24, maybe eventually contend down the road two to three, two, three, four years down the road. So that's yeah. what I want to see. Rinky Dink, oh, welcome to the friendly confines. Like, who cares what happens? Like, no, I yeah. want to see competition. I want to see us, I want to see us compete, but I also want to see what we have. I want to see development and kind of prioritize that for the last. So, and it's tough because 60 games. 
Is it 60 games? Am I saying, yeah, it's 60 games. Yeah, it is, right around there. Yeah, so that isn't a lot. That's to get have that many one month to look at these like great that's not a great analysis period in my opinion just one swing the like you yeah. need more so be it'll be interesting i just but yeah i just want to kind of observe the future a little bit and see what we got moving forward um i'm excited for the Cubs team so I'm excited for the future i'm excited season after we'll have plenty to talk about later but yeah i'm uh yeah that's my vision I, I, like i said i i don't really root for the facts but i uh Hope the best for you guys. I really do because <laughs> it's been tough. And yeah. uh, but keep, keep an optimistic look at it because uh, yeah, you guys, you guys still got, got all those guys through twenty thirty. Everyone's so so ready. Um, you know, socks blow the whole thing up. Like, don't be sellers. Are you kidding me? No, you yeah. such a good, such a good core. You got top top contact hitter, the hitting champ, and Tim Anderson. You got a great, I think first great young first right now. This guy is a left fielder, Andrew Vaughn. <laughs> you got uh, and, and, and Eloy Jimenez. You still got age. What is he? Thirty six, thirty seven. How old is that guy? Yeah, he's, I think I think like thirty five. Yeah, but still, I mean, he's still like the most productive player on the entire team. Hundred, and he's like, and he's still he's still contributing in the P last year. So like, no, you still got so many young pieces that time to turn the page on this core. The White Sox still have a very bright yeah. future. Just kind of hold out i um yeah we'll see we'll see how it all plays out but as as a cubs fan and as and from a cubs perspective I, i'm just watching uh yeah how the rest of the season plays out one more storyline i want to look at um for the cubs the rest of the season too just a side note is i also want to see nico horner uh continue to improve improve himself uh he's he's been our lone kind of big bright spot um this, uh because the big storyline for the cubs is past well, the Cubs are going to go get a big elite time, elite shortstop. Like we're going to go re-sign Javi Baez or go grab Trey Turner. And even this upcoming year, we're thinking, okay, let's go grab Xander Bogarts or one of those elite shortstops. Or my bet, Carlos Correa. Like all that was the big storyline. And Nico Horner, I love watching him play this season because he's proven everybody wrong, saying, you know what, you don't need to go grab one of those elite shortstops because I can be one of those elite shortstops. I'm not yeah. saying he's, I'm not saying he's one of those yet, but I, I love what I'm seeing from him. He's hitting near 300. He's hitting for contact. He's getting on base. He's fast. He's, in my opinion, he's got goal goal potential at shortstop. I just, I love everything I'm seeing from him this year. So I think that'll be actually one of the biggest things I watch as well throughout the rest of the season. I want to watch Nico Horner improve and kind of prove everyone wrong because maybe the Cubs can kind of look a different direction. They don't have to go sign a 30-year-old Xander Bogarts at, at elite shortstop. Maybe you can just stick with Nico Horner and kind of go focus elsewhere with your money. So, We'll see how everything plays out, but uh, yeah, those are my storylines. <laughs> yeah, I'd say my last one for the remaining remainder of the season is I think that Dylan Cease will win the Cy Young. Like I feel like he mm. he's on the right trajectory. He's right there, probably second, third behind Justin Verlander. Um, but I I think that something goes right where he keeps improving. Maybe Verlander falls off a little bit. Who knows if that actually happens, but. That's the one thing that I'm hoping for, and I think has a strong, a high, a high possibility of happening is Dylan Cease um, walks away with the American League Cy Young Award. And as long as he's on your team, like I think he becomes one of those like uh, like Jacob Degrom type figures, uh, yep. or or Justin Verlander. You know, he's an ace of he's like one of the ace of the aces. Like he's going to be a top of the line rotation guy for years and years and years. Like the development that he's had just in the past 
just in the past last season to this season, like it's been incredible the way that he's able to to just get guys out with guys, um, work around trouble. And there's still like the sky is still or the you know the sky's limit in his potential wise. There's still so many things that he can improve on, and he's already worked himself into one of the top top pitchers in the American League. So um, as long as he's on your team, and hopefully when the time comes, you wants to keep him around, but. Um, as long as he's here, I think you got to build, you know, your team around him almost, you know, not even just like the, the big power young guys that you have in the lineup. And, um, so that's my last white Sox takeaway. And I'm glad that you mentioned, this is the last thing I'll say about, um, anything tonight, but, um, there was a tweet that I saw today in reference to the San Diego Padres, um, that I think should be applied across the Chicago sports landscape in that. You know, the, the Padres are acquiring all these guys. You look at the lineup you are, and the players that they have. You know, they have their pitchers. You know, you mentioned Musgrove and, uh, you know, Fernando, Fernando Tatis, which is always going to be a sore spot. Manny Machado um, is his own sore spot because we were in on him and, you know, we missed out. And then you get a guy like Juan Soto. The Padres are the – you know, not the Padres, but San Diego is the 27th largest sports market in MLB specifically. So – want to hear any more from these chicago teams that kind of feed us the oh we're rebuilding we're going to spend when the time's right you know we're going to get the guys when the time is right the time is always right for chicago sports and i'm tired of hearing that you know it's probably more so tiring from a cubs fans perspective because you are you are a main market in baseball and you know to see them not spend for however many years now is is frustrating but i'm tired of hearing that you know like especially in the white Sox setting you know but the white Sox, oh they're you know they're not the cubs which but they're still in Chicago. Like, this is a large baseball market. You need to be doing everything you can to bring players like. So I don't want to hear any more from Chicago sports owners. You know, you know, this is more specifically aimed at White Sox, Cubs and Bears, I would say. Um, the Blackhawks are kind of an outlier because, you know, they are needing a rebuild. And the Bulls, you know, did what they did in handing a max contract out to the Levine. But um, I, I don't want to hear any of us. You know, we can't spend, you know, we're going to revenue like with the value that these franchises have attached to them like get the players that you need to get like this is chicago we're supposed to be winning we haven't had a championship contender pretty much since the cubs like in 2016 2017 it seems like so mm-hmm. um, i'm i'm tired of it like it's been too long to, it's it seems like we're just starved starved of success in the chicago sports market and it should just never be that way especially when you have so many teams in the city like come on so that's my rant after I've been able to accomplish. So if the, if the Chicago GMs are listening, please take a note from the ones who, who pay the bills. So time to time to get over this hump of just not competing. It's just, it's so frustrating. And I know you, you probably agree, but it's just preach, 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 preach it, Jimmy. It's just <laughs> looking at these bigger market teams, bigger city teams, you look at the Dodgers buying all the time. You look at the Yankees buying all the time. Heck, you look at – even though I know the Red Sox are struggling this year, you look at the Red Sox. Like, these guys, they know how to put a system together and they know how to go out and spend and spend, like, just to achieve success because these big market teams deserve big market success. And the Chicago teams have for far too long operated like a low market team, operated like a low income team. When I see, when I see the Ricketts saying, Oh yeah, we have biblical losses and then going out and trying to, <laughs> you know, buy a soccer club across. He's like, what the heck? Like they're speaking <laughs> out of both sides of their mouth. I'm so sick of it. I'm so done with it. We're not buying it anymore. Like yeah. put your money where yeah. your mouth is or sell, sell to an owner that will actually 
make winning a priority and make competing a priority. It's it's amazing to me, and this is the final thing I'll say, it's amazing to me to see how the Ricketts were the owners that brought the World Series championship back to the Chicago Cubs, first time in 108 years, and they managed to burn through all of that goodwill they built up, like all of it. Like Think about how much goodwill they built up by winning a World Series for the Cubs. Like that's a lot of goodwill. And yeah. they burned through every single lick of it, like with everything that's happened on the field, everything that's happened off the field, letting players go. I mean, and this this is just a sore spot for me. Letting Len Casper walk away and like letting all this all that all that go down. And yeah, it's just it's amazing to me how much they've burned through all that goodwill. Yeah. Uh, so I say put your money where your mouth is, Tom Ricketts, or get rid of the team and sell to an owner that will actually care about me and care about the fan, not just care about making a buck. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're not LA and we're not New York, we're Chicago. We're the next in line. And it's just it's so much negativity all the time. We're always talking about something negative on the podcast. And what other choice do we have? Like, <laughs> what actually is there to like really be, you know, happy about or really hopeful about? Like, it's just, I don't know what it is, but that's where, it, that's where this is all kind of coming from, especially after today from the White Sox standpoint, it's just the refusal to buy when you need to. And it, 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 it just should never, ever happen. That's what I'll say. So. I don't know if you've got anything else, Tyler, but yeah, yep. <laughs> that was nope, on that man. on that positive note, I'll sign out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, um, you know, everything that we've kind of talked about comes into fruition. Um, Cubs keep improving. They keep cementing some young guys that can fill the roster next year. They decide to spend. Maybe the White Sox can turn things around, take the division, and who knows? And then we'll see where we go from there. But it was finally good to talk some baseball again. Um, hopefully, we'll have some more, you know, good baseball to talk about here upcoming but you know the bears training camp just started so we'll be back i'm sure pretty soon with maybe some some bears some bears talk which i'm i'm dying for because i miss football so much and we're right around the corner so right there uh, <laughs> we'll sign off now and we'll catch everybody next time here lakeshore sports